I'm Critter. I'm Jace. And we and should we be should working. working. God damn it. It's one, two, <laughs> say <Okay>. it. <laughs> All right. I'm Critter. I'm Jace. And, and we, we should, should be, be working. working. I fucking hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> How do I unsee myself? So this is my issue is when I, if I can see myself in video meets, it fucks me up because I'm like, I'll see myself gesturing in the corner of my eye and I'm like self-regulating as I talk and it fucks me up, man. You gotta, yeah. you gotta shrink the window down and then you, you'll, you'll get cut off. I'm, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to just like, you know, web dev it. I'm going to fucking erase that window. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. It is in the browser. Yeah, yeah think, it just boom, gone. Okay, cool. I think Explain Zoom that. is the only one where you can hide your self view. G- we have you G- can do it in Meet, and Meet you allows can? you to hide your self view. Mm. Yeah, I think it's new uh, though, okay. and that's been yeah. nice for me. So I don't like introspect too much when I talk to people because that fucks me a bit. Yeah, for real. Yeah, yeah, if I can see myself, I don't look at anybody else. I'm just like, how am I looking? Yeah, I'm like, do I, I look good? Is like, am I is yeah. am I over the top with my gestures? Because man, it's a yeah. problem. Yeah. You know? Talking with my hands, I, I, I see that yeah. a lot. I'll like start doing this and stuff. Yeah. I'm just like looking at my hand while I'm doing it, and I'm just like, kinda, like yeah. and then I feel like I'm in a party. I'm like, everybody must be staring at me, like I'm ridiculous. And... For me, it's the eyebrow. I, I like want to look just concerned enough, so I'm like looking at my, you know, like my eyebrows for a. I want to like, look that, just concerned. Is enough. this like is that the appropriate amount of concern during a one-on-one that's very serious? Like, do I look? Do I look concerned? Yeah, speaking of one-on-ones, uh, Jace, you're going to love this because I managed Evan temporarily for a short but beautiful About period six of time. Yeah. And so if I, I don't believe that you could manage this guy. This guy this guy is bigger than you. We had an interesting um, – here's the thing. You hated him at first and then oh, I love like Critter as a person. No, I, I love oh, him as a, as a let person. Let me have it. Let me but have it. We manager, can't be friends then, Evan. I'm sorry. No, no, no. We did not – Align professionally, in my opinion. <laughs> and we talked about this. Like, our one-on-ones were, like, combative almost in a weird way. Yeah, they were. And I was it, always like, what What happened? I don't well, understand. I, fucking, I, I listened to an episode where Jace called this shit out straight up. And Jace, <laughs> I don't know you, but I feel like I know you because I've listened to your podcast. Like, and Fair. he was just like, why do you – you'll, like, deep dive one specific detail and ride it to death all the way to the end and it's fucking infuriating and i'd like yeah. the i'd say one the first thing in the one i'm well, i'm having a little trouble and it was just like needle 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 and then it would and it's and it's mike's it's your process right like i don't want to that works for you but for me i'm like shit let me get the rest of it out bro and then we i'd end up being mad and defensive at the end i'm like what the fuck happened and then when we took away the professional relationship it's like all oh, good you know no nope. then yeah 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 uh, yeah i remember yeah so you're not you're not the only person who said that to me neither is chase actually pretty soon after joining wayfair i got that feedback from from dan i think it was like you'll you'll zoom in on the one thing that i said that you think is interesting but i actually don't care about and then we spend right. the entire time talking about that yeah. And, and then they get frustrated and yell at you and you change the goddamn topic. No, usually they don't say anything. Evan no, was the only I person do. who had the guts yeah. to, oh, yeah, you do. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Mike Mike managed me at a like, unique time in my life uh, where many things were very bad and stressful. <laughs> and I just changed teams and it was just like a kind of a disaster. And, uh, you know, it, it was it was definitely a 50. Uh, I, I 60 40 when... mike fucked up 60 uh, there you go yeah, yeah. 60, 60, 40. He, he needs at least 10 percent blame 70 30 okay we're moving up one time in particular where you came and you wanted to get feedback about someone else on the team or so, no someone else that i managed on a different team yeah uh and i spent like 25 minutes challenging you and by the time no actually it was only like five minutes because you were like i see what you're doing you're like trying to dig in like i don't understand why so can you just tell me like get to the end just skip all the middle parts and I was like, oh, crap, I really yeah. I did the wrong. I handled this very badly. I was like, I was just wanted to do like two minutes of feedback about this other person because I was having, yeah. I was like, hey, you know, I got some professional concerns, like no big deal. Just want to lift it up because it's hurting a couple of uh, workflows and maybe you could figure it out. And then it was just like 30 minutes of me getting fucking grilled. About. I was like, I didn't want to talk about this <laughs> at, at all. I have like two points. Like, hey, maybe document your commits and don't fuck us on uh, like pushing back that person ended up leaving anyways. You know? Yeah, that that was the the surprise ending. Was like he was out the door anyway. So <laughs> yeah, that was the fucking <laughs> thing that killed me. Is after you grilled me for thirty minutes, you're like, oh, FYI, he's leaving in two weeks, and I was like, fuck, I wanted to flip a table over. It made me 
that made me so furious because it's like you could have oh, no. just said this minute one like oh he's leaving i'm like oh perfect we're done i got no you know nothing wait like, it out go exit interview his ass and tell him some things and then but it was this like you wanted to do this big deep dive on him. I don't, I don't want to belabor the point, but holy shit, man, that fucking killed me. I know. See, All right, my, been... my... Hold, hold on, on, hold on. Let me no. one point. Uh, one point. You're gonna uh, change no. the subject. You're gonna make him do no, the no, elevator no, no. pitch. No, 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 I'm not. I'm gonna ask what? him how many times he's hit his head on the on that roof behind him because you know, it looks so very close. I'm really short. I'm, I'm not gonna lie, and this thing looks closer than a piece. So I have to back up. Oh, it's okay. Maybe, maybe ten times. So. Not too. So you many. have to do like a huge swing to. I have to, to like get, get really. really gotcha. And what will normally happen is this is a popcorn ceiling. This is classic Lynn bullshit yeah. right here. And I will often just rake my knuckles over it because I'm like <laughs> yawning or something, and it oh. makes me really sad. That sucks, man. I, yeah, I had that growing up. I would always scrape it, and then the little pieces would fall on my hair. In my, and, so. and it gets in my eyes. And stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it's it. It's only asbestos. It's all good. Not for real. <laughs> I've breathed worse. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say if anybody's breathed worse, <laughs> it's probably me. <laughs> well, that's a good segue into. Our, I can't remember what I was even gonna say earlier. So let's do I the know, elevator. That's pitch. Why I told you to shut up. Give us uh, a like two sentence elevator pitch about who is who is Evan. Yeah, uh, former infantryman, forever infantryman, and current guy who does web development. Is infantryman specifically army? Yeah, I was in the army. Yeah. Okay. Uh, forever, forever army, and. Uh, current web dev guy. I do front end stuff. I don't really write a lot of code right now, which makes me sad. Uh, <laughs> that's my that's my elevator pitch. It's a really sad elevator pitch. <laughs> Gen- sad. Generally sad. I peaked earlier and uh, <laughs> I got into tech because it paid good, and now I fucking hate my life sometimes. <laughs> kind of, I get put in the corner at work because uh, I swear too much. And- Nice. Uh, that's that's it. Yeah. yeah. Have you really been put in the corner? Does that happen? My manager, uh, when I first got to Wayfair, because I was coming, I came from, I was at a startup before this called um, Operation Coach, like helps veterans get jobs in technology. They helped me by giving me a job for a year. And I worked with them on their open source React project. So it was me working with a bunch of vets, and that was great. And then I brought all that straight into Wayfair, which is a very right. different environment of like twenty-two-year-old kids, uh, which is fine. I'm like, no. Wherever you are in your career, whoever you are, totally fine with it. But me and them were like oil and water a little bit. And my manager uh, was, would tell me to sit in the corner um, when I would have bad relationships <laughs> or like bad <laughs> meetings. And he'd go, it's time for the corner. And I'd have to shut off my slack and face the wall. Like he didn't make me literally face the wall, but he told me to. And I wasn't sure. And I was like following authority pretty strictly at that point in my life. So I was like literally face the wall. And I think he fucking got off on it a little bit. So he'd like... <laughs> Quarter time, and I'm like, okay, dad, and I'd fucking <laughs> shut off my. Looking back, awesome. I don't know that that was lighting. Yeah, it's not not a great boss dynamic, but it makes for a good story. How did the army thing come about? How did the army? Uh, yeah, like what what in your life led you to joining the army? Ooh, it's more like what in my life kept me in the army. Uh, everyone, so in my uh, yeah, in my mom's line, um, we've had somebody fighting every war. Um, since the revolutionary, we had someone in the infantry in every single war. My grandfather was 32 years in the Navy. His six brothers were all 30 plus years in the military. Um, my dad was a conscientious objector in Vietnam, which left me, uh, I, I associate a lot more with the military than my dad did. And I like was wearing camouflage for a Halloween costume every year from like six on. It was kind of predestined, almost joined when I was 18. Um, and didn't because i had a lot of headwinds for my family so my sister and my mom um were like pretty anti me joining the military so i held off held off held off and then at a certain point uh i remember like president obama in 2010 2009 said like the wars are ending soon and that was my like oh fuck if i just now missed my my call to surf so then i i joined in 2010 um the experience is obviously very different than what i had romanticized my entire life but it's it's given me a lot, so I, I can't begrudge it. Um, but it was definitely like a call to serve since I was since I was a little kid that I, I can't really explain. 2010, damn. So like, good. So did did you do any like web development stuff prior to the military, or no? It, not, that all not came any, after. Uh, that all came after. Yeah. Um, I was uh, yeah. I didn't do like any anything related to computers or math or science. Like I cheated my way through high school math by having smarter girlfriends and nice. um 
not that I could like pull great girls or anything. Vertically just challenged man, but just smart ones. <laughs> and then vertically I, challenged. I'm vertically concentrated. Awesome. <laughs> and then I just get like I had smart girlfriends, and I didn't care about it. And my dad is an engineer, and uh, yeah, we had a calculator. He was definitely like, you're not you're not a you're not a math person. You're not a smart person. You have different talents. He would say I had high EQ. He's like, you're going to be good at talking to people someday, but this engineering stuff's not for you. So I just internalized that and was like, you know, uh, I'm just like a meathead kid that thought I was dumb for a really long time. Still could be true, but I feel like a little better about it now. Uh, but now I know how to code. What now I can code some stuff. <laughs> yeah. So I know you said you can't explain your call to serve, but can you explain it? Because... I still, I, I want to get into it a little bit. Like, yes, is it, is it like crew. a, is, did it come from your, from your knowing that about your family or did you actually like feel that sense of uh, like purpose about the country or like, you know, where did it sort of stem from? Can you wrap your finger around it all? Wrap your brain around it? I mean, uh, it's a good question. So yeah, I mean, we're just like saturated with it. I worshiped my, the guy was, he's on, he's like, I still worship him. I, I love that. He's, he's obviously passed a long time ago, but he was just this larger than life figure that, um, you know, was a master chief in the Navy, fought in World War II, Korean War, and Vietnam, um, was sunk two times in World War II, has an unbelievable military career that we didn't learn about until very late in his life, uh, you know, Silver Cross and all this stuff from World War II. And he was an amateur boxer who was golden gloves in the Navy uh, in 1942, fought Jack Dempsey, which is, if anyone knows about heavyweight boxing back in the day, Jack Dempsey killed a man once in the ring. Yep. Um, my grandfather fought him. Um, and said he punched like a bitch. <laughs> he didn't die. Uh, I mean, I think my grandfather was knocked out like straight up by Jack Dempsey. I don't think it went well for him, but that was like his big claim to fame. But my grandfather just, he was a sheepdog. Like he protected his family very viciously. And I respected that for him. And my dad did not do that. So I, I don't want to get like, I don't want to turn it into a Cooper Saab story over here, but my, you know, my dad did not protect us. Um, so I thought like I had to protect my family and thought this was my best pathway it was just like grew up a sheepdog. So I, I think I wanted to serve because it felt like the, the, the logical step for me. Um, but that's all I could really say. I, I don't know. So it's kind of like the generational, generational flip-flop then. Like your grandfather was like all about military, then not. And then yes. you were like, I need to make up for this comp- or I need to compensate for. Yeah. The, yeah. yeah. I think so. I yeah. Yeah. It's definitely like you know, my, my uh, and it's not because I have some great love for the country. I didn't have any illusions about that. I'm not like, oh, America's greatest kind of the world. Um, How dare you? <laughs> I'm such a piece of shit. <laughs> but I did, you know, I do think like there was a conflict happening at the time. I thought it was in retrospect. I'm like, holy shit, that was the wrong war to get into. Um, but that's, per, you know, personal opinions. When I was, it was like 2009. I'm like, fuck, there's wars. People are fighting in them. It's a war for like we're fighting. I I got to do something type of deal, and I was just caught up in it. I was probably lost to be honest. Yeah. So how's the story end? Are you still technically in the army, or like how's no, work? no? So I did. I was in 2010 to 2015, or like right at the end of 2004-15, active duty. So that's what we call like the big army, and then I went to the National Guard um, for another three years. So I did about eight years all in. Uh, my National Guard time, um, you know, big respect for the National Guard. I did not like it because I was used to professional soldiering and then the national guard's very a very different experience so i was like a i was a non-commissioned officer i was a sergeant coming into the national guard and the discipline is very different so i really hated it um but i'm not in anymore so i think uh 2018 was my last day of service for the for the uh time in the army where where did you spend most of that time uh texas so i was in georgia north carolina um texas California, obviously overseas, and um, but the majority of my like stateside time was in uh, Fort Bliss, Texas. I remember. I don't think I had known you that long. It was like soon after you joined the team when you told this story about why you used to really hate being short, and then it saved your life at one point. <laughs> Fucking cigarettes. You could you could say that. So I use this story for two things. One is how cigarettes saved my life when people are like smoking is bad, and I think about this like Chinese stallion proverb like what is bad. You don't. Um, and I also use it for being fucking short. So we had, um, can I like say war stuff on here? I don't really know. Sure. Yeah. yeah cool. goes on. Whatever you're so, comfortable with. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know if it makes anybody else uncomfortable. So, oh, we don't care. Oh, cool. Yeah. Perfect. So, 
We were in, uh, just to set the scene, we were in Afghanistan, in Wardak province, which is the eastern side of Afghanistan, border of Pakistan. It's the only paved road called Highway 1 that runs from Kabul down south uh, to Helmand province. So we were sort of like stationed in a combat outpost by Highway 1. We were in, um, we were in contact for like, I don't know, 15 hours. It was a really long gunfight. And it was over, quote unquote. And I was sitting on top of a kalat, which is like a mud hut. And uh, it's like a one-story mud hut with a with a very low wall. We had been fighting on top of that mud hut, holding the western line of the green zone, which is like there's like a big open fucking farm and then a wood line, and we were getting hit from the wood line. So we thought it was all done. We had like A10 come through and blow up the fucking woods. It was like a whole thing. So I'm sitting, I'm like kicking my, dangling my little fucking feet off the wall, like it's all over. <laughs> and I want to smoke a cigarette. It's like super windy. And I have my, like my gun is, I don't even, I couldn't even reach it. It was, I was fully combat inoperable at this point, acting like a little shit eating. I'm like, I need a cigarette. So I'm trying to light my fucking cigarette and I can't cause it's windy. So I'm like, Oh God. And like, I pulled down to do the old lighter through the shirt trick to get my yeah. cigarette. Right then I got shot in the fucking forehead. So what? I had just leaned down. So it hit the edge of my helmet and went in between the Kevlar. It was a 762 ran from Mitchka, like uh, who knows how far away, probably 400 yards. Really lucky shot. Hit me in the helmet and then got caught in the Kevlar layer because it wasn't a direct hit. And it Fuck. went around the Kevlar and blew the entire back of the helmet off. And I woke up like four hours later in a fucking bed on a, like a cot. I was like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> like, <laughs> and it just knocked me clean out. Um, so they never found the guy who shot me. Um, Did but you get like, a I, concussion or anything from it? Yeah. I mean, I had many. That's probably why I'm such a dumbass now. But um, if <laughs> I hadn't leaned down to smoke my cigarette or if I had been even an inch taller, he would have shot me in the face. So really love being hurt. Also, like it helps a lot of times when you're trying to find cover because I could be like and hide in this tiny little, <laughs> but like a tiny little bush. And there's a, a, a close friend of mine um, who, who passed in front. She was six foot four and he was my Jolly Green Knight and I was his uh, Dr. Uh-huh. Costa arrested. He would try and do the same thing and his fucking big ass would be like sticking outside. <laughs> and he's like, move over. He's like, I can't move over anymore. And I would just be laying there like under this, this tiny wall totally covered and he'd be like fucking big ass sitting outside the wall. So I always loved that and they would always make fun of me for being short but I was like, I can find cover behind a thumbnail, man. <laughs> a little thimble helmet, you know? <laughs> yeah, you're what you're set up on flights too. There's a lot of benefits to it. I think really the only thing, the only better thing about being tall is that it's like more socially acceptable or whatever, because everything else is better about being short. I think. I don't know. I, I think I'm the worst height. Like I'm, I'm six foot exact. Jesus. So like, yeah, that's a perfect. So like, thing, huh? uh, well, I mean, it, it's that, it's that in between. Like I'm not, I'm not so tall that people are like, oh, you're gonna have an uncomfortable. You know, we have to worry about you flying like your knees yeah. and stuff, which I do. But then like I'm, I'm. Uh, like I'm not short enough to complain about anything. <laughs> so it, it, it's just like, yeah. I, I exist. I've, I've this tall. I'm just barely, I'm just barely tall enough for this and, and way too tall for all these other things. So I'm just yeah. kind of like finding I mean, the, according to Tinder, you're, I think the perfect height is what I hear is every but, single woman wants a six foot tall man. You know? Right. Yeah, okay. So, so, so all right. So the dating app thing is, is actually uh, a catch 22 because um, what happens is everybody who's under six foot says they're six foot on those dating apps. So when I say I'm six foot, I look like I'm lying immediately and nobody uh, believes me. So like every time I've ever met up with somebody, they're like, Oh, you're actually tall. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. What? I'd like take pictures with like my mother and stuff. Who's like five, four, but yeah. you know, have my arm around her and stuff for like scale, but they're still just like, Oh, can't believe you're actually as tall you said, as you said you were. Those fuckers you gotta, are ruining your game, man. You gotta like crack down on this. Motherfuckers, I know. This, I freaking, to... this height bullshit. We gotta get some like, accountability on Tinder. <laughs> we we, we need to create two. a new app. Go with six two, and then you'll be golden. Ah, Nobody six else needs to too like. Much. I I I do six one. Um, there you but, go. But like in shoes, I'm I'm six one to the heel and stuff. So it's like whatever. But yeah. see, I'm five nine, which is exactly average. But I think I emit like short person energy or something because people always think that I'm short. Like my my wife Nancy is five seven, and people will think that she's taller than me. And so that's why do you think I, that I know is? we're gonna why do you think I know we're gonna get into working energy. out, but I think that that's. Well, I want to know why has, you have short person energy. What does that even mean? I think it's first of all that I'm skinny, and second of all that I don't have good posture. 
uh, I think I those two things thing combined does hurt you quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the fact that you complain about how short you are quite often. I don't. You're the only person I complain about because you 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 make me feel safe. You're a big teddy bear. <laughs> but you but you complain about it on this podcast that we yeah but nobody published. listens except for evan joe well, joe boyle and that one dude joe listens joe to. boyle yeah, he's, he's coming on in a couple weeks is Who's he really boyle <laughs> boyle's coming on oh man he yeah. got so jealous when i told him i was coming i was like what he's like i've been listening for way longer it's like joe i don't think it's that serious man you could have just, just asked <laughs> did it just as, i'm just gonna string him along now and never actually let him come on just to yeah. screw with him he did his face was priceless i was like <laughs> what are you gonna talk about? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> what are you just, gonna just talk chatting about? With the boys, you know. And he's like, he's got all sad. Are you gonna talk nice. about me? Shout out to Joe Boy. We are now. I don't yeah. even know who it is, but sure. He's a delightful. He's coming on. We love man. you, Joey. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's a good guy. Um, Serafini's coming on too. We got the whole crew coming. No fucking shit. One. Speaking of Joey, Joey Grow would be kind of fun on here yeah, too. Yeah, Joey Grow would be good. Um, this guy but. That's one of the reasons why. So here, my I, I don't know how much I've said this on the podcast. I don't know how many episodes you listen to, but like my Too whole s- story with uh, with all this stuff here. So it, it started like eight years ago when I stopped eating sweets and I lost like 20 pounds. And then my wife said, you're way too skinny. And I was just like, oh, God, that is I'd never want to hear that again from my wife. So I started trying to work out and it never really did anything. I just couldn't like figure it out. You know, I wasn't I wasn't gaining any muscle when I bulked. I mostly just looked fatter um, and the most recent punchline is that I, I was doing that uh, 531 building the monolith and I was, thought I was eating right and stuff. And I had like this running shirt on that was really tight around my arms and I was flexing in the mirror. I was like, man, look at my arms, babe. My arms look good. And she's like, are you serious? You look like little girl arms right now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like oh, right I love through Nancy. the heart. Oh, no. Nancy sounds like a hard one. That's, Nancy is savage. She's awesome. Yeah, That's yeah she's that. That's why I never have to worry about her lying to make me feel better. I always know that she's gonna tell me the honest truth. Yeah. But uh, but that yeah. So hence all the questions, man. I'm trying to trying to bulk up so that Nancy won't tell me I have little girl arms anymore. But you run long distance. This is the crit. This is the classic critter trap. Is he's like, I want to bulk up. Also, I want to get strong. Also, I want to run 20 yeah. miles. I'm like, bro. It, he <laughs> he's also the one that told me you can't squat 400 pounds and run a six minute mile. Like I think anything's fucking possible first. Well, I, I think that crit, critter is the, if for critter it definitely wouldn't be possible. I mean, look at where he's starting from. Just to, to squat four hundred five pounds for you is gonna take a really long time. I'll tell you that right now. But it's possible. Yeah, take him years to get there. I yeah, mean, years, years. It, it, sure. it, it, it wouldn't. It's not possible. Let, let's be realistic. It's critter. It's not possible. He can't stick he, to anything for a few years. But he's got all what? the apps and stuff. No, this is the like he's got all the. I when I when I when I hear a critter, I think like this motherfucker's got it all together because you have he this projection not. of like you have an app to cover your app to cover your app, and you've got all these things, and you're like so consistent about everything. I'm like, how? That's right. That's true. So yeah, you got me figured out. That's that's the honest truth. But I don't know if it actually realizes any benefit. It doesn't. Obviously, it doesn't. Well, his wife is complaining about how scrawny his arms are. But, I mean, but come you on. blog post every day, so there is at least some. You, you do have consistency some collateral. In his horribleness. See, it's the just, thing you have to understand about me, which Jace already gets this, is that everything I do is all about projecting competency. I don't actually have to be that. competent. I just want everybody to think that I am, because then that's that's the one thing that gives me happiness is people respecting me. It doesn't matter if I actually deserve it or not. So basically, he fooled you the entire time. You guys were co-workers. It worked. But here's here's an interesting (laughs) thought exercise. If your whole uh, life person convinced people you're good at something, do you also feel, though, that as collateral, you would actually be good at something? Because in order to fake it, you're going to make it accidentally. Well, he's getting better at faking it. He's not getting better at actually, like, being (laughs) the core skill. (laughs) <laughs> yeah he's not learning anything he's just learning how to fake it so you're becoming a confidence man over time uh, and okay. yeah and now and now he has like all these apps the apps yeah. to you know keep him or accountable for apps yeah. that he has then then he finds a new app that makes him more accountable for the other apps that he had and, they, and then he just talks about these apps and how he loses money and whatnot and do, do you find it works so well yeah remember, remember, we'll go ahead Evan. do you find sorry do you find usefulness in in like in the fitness side of things from apps or is it just an intrinsic motive? I guess what I start here is like, how, how are your consistency? How's your consistency with your, so running consistency is really good. I yeah. run 20, 30 miles a week, every Jesus week for Christ. forever. Um, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's solid there. Uh, lifting consistency has traditionally been horrible 
So what usually happens is I get really excited about it like I did with uh, building the monolith and then I'll go through like a six week cycle and then I screw it up somehow, which this this time I screwed it up by eating way too much. Um, and then I Are get you, burned out. What? Were you eating too much consistently or did you like, were you repressed and then you binged? That's a good question. I don't know what the, you mean like did I eat too much every single day? Yeah, yeah. Like, were you just okay. overeating every day, or were you like on yeah. schedule for a long time, and then you're just like, I can't handle it anymore. And you just ate a thing of peanut butter. <laughs> yeah, no, it was every day. Um, like, I, I had a, I had a target of like twenty five hundred calories a day, and I went over it pretty consistently. And I think that target was already too much to begin with. Mm. Um, well, it sounds like an X Y problem, though. Like, <clears throat> so X you went over the calories, but why did that mean? Like, how did that sabotage? Well, because then I uh, get fat faster than I want to, which makes me feel like I have to start cutting again before I can really realize any like substantial yeah. hypertrophy. So you wouldn't like a type of dude that needs to see your abs every day or else you feel like you're out of control? I mean, I'd be okay gaining like a little weight, but I gained... Abs. I, I gave him that win though, Jace. I was like, you, you got to try this back every tried. day. I, you can see where the abs would yeah. be. <laughs> but like I gained... the ab pouch. I gained uh, four, 14 pounds in six weeks, uh, which is oh, just like, that's, that's pretty fun. yeah, it's yeah, way that's... too much. And I mean, a decent amount of that was water weight because I lost like four pounds immediately when I started eating clean after, after the cycle was over, but still. Um, so anyway, that's, but we can get, I, I want to talk about you first of all, like how'd you get into, uh, how'd you get into lifting? Oh, uh, let's see. I started fitness training. When I was like 16, 15, 16, um, as a adjunct to boxing. So I was really small. My dad, my grandfather was a boxer. My dad was a boxer. Um, and I tried to follow in their footsteps and was <clears throat> really, really undersized. So I thought like if I got bigger, it would help me because I was just getting my ass whooped consistently. Um, that never changed. Spoiler alert. So I just want to throw that out there. It, did, it didn't tell. <laughs> but I got into the gym at like 16 and um, I just liked the, I had like a good lifting buddy. I just liked it. I don't know. I just, I liked it. I was consistent with it for like a number of years. And then I hit 21, uh, moved out to, I moved out to LA and just like stopped lifting, started smoking a ton of weed and started drinking super heavily. And, um, then I just like lost my fitness for a number of years, came back to it kind of like coming back into the army when I wanted to join the army, I was like, I need to get in some shape. So <clears throat> I came back to it. My sister at the time is she's always been big into fitness. So she's like, sorry, helping me. And then I got she's into the army sister anymore. She's my sister still. Okay. <laughs> she's not into fitness anymore. So she's had like seven back surgeries and she can't, uh, she doesn't, uh. she doesn't lift anymore, but she's like a fitness model and stuff. She was, she was fucking legit. Um, I was not, but she helped me got in the army. And then once you're in the army, it's like that fitness is every, like in the infantry, it's like, that's your only skill is like training. It's just be physical. Like if you can pass, if you can score well on a physical fitness test and like shoot relatively straight, you're a fucking hero. And it's not hard. To, <laughs> you don't need to be smart. You just need to be able to like move. And, and, um, so I got into it because again, undersized. So I was getting just fucked over in the army too. So I just like got really good at the physical fitness side and learned how to game that PT test. So like it got me things. And then I realized like, if I keep doing that, it's going to get me more things. Like literally you get better schools, you get better treatment, you get like raises, basically you get promoted faster. If you're getting good physical fitness scores and stuff, it's really easy. Uh, the army is super easy. So I really like that. And then I went overseas and, um, my, uh, my combat load, you know, what I carried was like 110 pounds and I, Jeez. it was just like really hard to walk around with that. So we, we started yeah. training with the combat load, you know, six months or a year before we started going overseas. I was like, Holy, this is awful. So I started getting like 80% like, of your body, body weight at the time. Yeah. I was 150 pounds. So oh, it, I was carrying it, it was fucking crazy, man. So I was saying my back, my back got all fucked up, but, um, I was like, well, if I just get my legs stronger, like things would be good. So I got into powerlifting back then, uh, just like, you know, the big three, just squat bench and dead. And that helped. I found like, Oh, the stronger my legs get, the less this fucking sucks balls when I have to carry this like for 10 miles. Um, and then when we went overseas, we got, we had access to some, um, interesting chemical substances that no one monitored. Um, 
so we, we were all juicing like i didn't know what i was doing but we were like we're just going to inject ourselves with this iraqi horse steroid and see what <laughs> <laughs> see what happened. it was just like arabic and then a horse and it was yellow and it was, like, <laughs> it was just urine it's probably just fucking piss but man it just shit got wild and then we and i got my t- being strong it was it was nice it was really nice and then obviously we didn't know what we were doing so that started to turn really sour when we got back we didn't have access to it anymore um but I kept going with it. I took like a stint in, um, I took like a basically a year off of lifting to do Muay Thai for a while. Cause I had a, this guy who was super fucking good at it and he trained me and my wife. And that was super fun for us to do together. Um, we were in Texas and then, um, we had an ill-fated trip plan to go to Tiger Muay Thai in Thailand to train there. And then that didn't work. We raised all this money in a GoFundMe to get to go to tiger muay thai to compete and then the day before we left there was a coup this was like 2014 oh shit and uh there was a military coup and i had a top secret clearance at the time so i'm pretty sure if i like landed in thailand i would have gotten black bagged like immediately um if you fly with a top secret clearance it's like notified and stuff um so then we just didn't go and then i like fucking lost my way for a number of years got back to it i don't know i've been in and out of it for a long time um i've been pretty consistent for the last but um mostly because I just like started to get pretty soft, um, you know, in like more than one way, get like the further away I got from the army, the less I felt strong as like a man. So I just got, I like started to really delve into strength training to make me feel better. Cause I like couldn't, I didn't, I can't box really. Uh, I can't do Muay Thai or anything. So I can't do combat sports, at least not like contact combat sports. Cause I'm like one head injury away from being like a full R word. Um, so I don't say that I shouldn't have said that. Uh, a one head injury away from being like in a bad spot. So I don't do that anymore. So now I just like, I strength train and that's how I feel like sh- strong. So it's been, it's been consistent for about four years, just in powerlifting. That's, that's the chosen path. Yeah. How long so, have you been competing? Uh, about a year. year, year I, 13 so are you avoiding like all combat sports? Like you, even uh, like non real contact could, stuff like wrestling and stuff? Or I, I thought about doing BJJ, but I, um, jujitsu. Yes. Or jujitsu of any kind. Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah. my, this is probably dumb, but a couple of friends that I have that are programmers that also do too is like, he said something to me. He's like, you're one spazzy kid away trying to like break your lapel lock from being able to type again for like six months or something. Cause like they get broken fingers constantly. Yeah. yeah. And that's tough for my job as my fingers. Um, so I, I kind of just shied away from it. And also when I did it, I rolled a little bit um, when I was doing Muay Thai. And this was very, I was like very shitty at it. Like not, not good. But I just got fucked up so bad. <laughs> it's, it's like I was so like not prepared for how if you're untrained, I felt like I was drowning all the time whenever you're rolling. Who's like even slightly skilled. It's unbelievable the amount of pressure and pain that they can inflict on you so fast. And I just I hated it. So I should <laughs> I should come back to it. I like have immense respect for do that uh, because it's like a really incredible fitness fitness pursuit i just like never got back to it all right so you're i've asked jace this before and i think you're a good person to ask say i wanted to learn like the bare minimum just to be able to hold my own if i ever got in a street fight or something. oh what's uh what's the best path for me what should i look run at away. run away is great de-escalation techniques are probably your best bet what's my next best like you want to actually fight somebody on the list yeah i'm just curious yeah. like what's the you, best would, would you the actually buck? throw a punch critter like i, I don't know I, I would run away and i would scream and i would you know call i, would, I don't know I, I would do anything but fight but i just want to know like what's my best bet if i had to fight for some fuck if i know man i mean i i think like every fight that i've ever been in pretty much goes the same way i shouldn't say that uh most of them go the same way it's like someone pushes a person Someone starts throwing hands and then immediately turns into like a fucking wrestling match. Unless people are like literally skilled. Like if, and that's a shock when that happens. Cause you'll see the mismatch immediately when yeah. someone knows what they're doing versus not knows. What they're doing. Sometimes you get two guys who sort of know what they're doing. And then it becomes like, they're going to fight each other because they've had training. And then I feel like people fall into like some sort of spar mentality and they're like circling and feeling each other out. But for the most part, it's like someone gets pushed. Someone fucking like throws the first punch. And then it's a wrestling match slash like whoever gets top guard is going to fucking pound your face into the ground. So I would say like mo- some sort of like 
Krav Maga might be good for you because you can at least wrist lock somebody, bear hug him, like get out of there. Kick him in the nuts. Kick him in the fucking nuts. Like I'm not about clean fighting. I'm about like surviving. So Oh, especially if you're not the instigator. Exactly. If you're coming after me, you're getting a nut shot first. You're getting fucking fish hooked. I'm gonna poke your <laughs> eyeballs. I'm gonna exactly. throw sand in your mouth. Or I'm gouging all of it. First off, I'm not going to fight like ever anymore that was a different time uh, but yeah you have a great story about de-instigating in a bar you, you know what i'm talking about oh uh, yeah this fucking guy's like bowing up on me and that's just like he was like you want to fucking you want to you know the whole like they start posturing and it's he right. he had a he had a look like i've been in enough i think i listened to episode jace you've been in a bunch of fist fights so you know like there's a look in a guy's eyes that you know he's probably gonna do yeah uh, there's like definitely like a look in a guy's eyes when he's not gonna do something. and I've made that mistake, making that mistake before and getting punched in the face. <laughs> but this dude just like bowed at me. It's just like you're. I was like, oh, you know what? You're you're handsomer than me. You're you're taller than me. I was like, you're. you're, that, you're. That's a great de-escalation <laughs> thing. Is to compliment somebody when they're pissed and he's, off. And he's got so like visible confusion. Like yeah. <laughs> and oh, I, yeah. Was like, it, I was like, I was like, your dick's awesome. bigger. Your hand, you're stronger than me. I was like, your girlfriend's probably prettier than mine. He's like, yeah, bitch. I was like, I'm a bitch. You're really right. I was like, I'm just such a little bitch. And he's just like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, you're totally right. And then he's like, totally shut it off. I'm like, nice. <laughs> but but you probably like e- even if you were able to say like not de-escalated that way, and you decided to like deflect him in a way, yeah. you yeah. probably saved somebody else from dealing with that shit by like actually diffusing him by him just confusing him with compliments and shit. <laughs> it's just yeah, the, he's yeah. in a good mood for the rest it's of the night. It's so good. Well, not even yeah. a good mood. He's just kind of confused. He's like, I'm angry, <laughs> but I have a big dick. Yeah. I don't know uh, what to do. I, oh, I better go fuck like, my hot girlfriend. Yeah, because I'm so <laughs> handsome. That guy's yeah. like, he's like, this is the weirdest direction I've ever had. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I can't do it anymore. Oh, man. You what, provide a very favorites. specific service. What one of my favorites is uh and, and this is back to violent longer condone wink wink. Did, but I feel um, like Jason and I might have a little separate understanding here. <laughs> well, also uh, back when I was an intern at Intel, uh, somebody that I sat by and like worked with all the time was ex military, uh, ex marine, uh, and he was a wrestler in high school and stuff. And he was also very short and just fucking built like a brick house. And his move was he would scoop under somebody's punch and put his forearm under their undercarriage and clasp it and then flip them up yes! over him and just suplex them. And <laughs> That's he, incredible. Oh, he fucking That's did good. it. He did it once and we knew it was going down because this guy was giving shit, talking shit to him. And he, he wasn't somebody that let people get away with it. So he like took off his belt to me and then he's like, I'll be right back. <laughs> and I was just like, what's happening? And he just walked over to the dude. The dude went to take a swing. He went under, he caught him guy's arms together and he held it and he was just like you ready and the guy's like what the fuck are you doing and he just picked him up and just slammed him <laughs> on his head and the guy and the guy was just you know punch drunk he was just out of it just like oh, oh, oh. And the bartender came over and was just like you guys gotta get the fuck out of here kind of thing it was like all right that's but some we were... hard ass shit come on he took his belt <laughs> off and then said are yeah. you ready yeah. <laughs> well, no he, holy he, fuck it, it was after he he said are you ready after no, i know had swung him yeah and he grabbed had him. the guy yeah. said yeah. are you ready <laughs> well it was his move he he, he like he talked that's about amazing. it because because he was so short he he, he was just like this is nobody oh, expects it coming and if yeah. a tall guy is swinging on you it's so easy to duck under mm-hmm. so he's just like i'm already there and i could definitely lift him why not you gotta watch yeah, out that makes wrestlers. sense man like guys Ooh, who wrestle in high schoolers yeah you'll like go to fight somebody you have no idea all of a sudden they double like take down and you're like what the fuck just happened and then you're asleep like <laughs> yeah <laughs> as soon as they get as soon as you get down to like one knee it's over because yeah. then they have leverage on you and you're just not standing back up and yeah and they're like spider monkeys and then they're on your back and then your face yep. is like in gravel and you're like what yeah, is happening right. <laughs> yep. you're like in a half nelson getting dragged across a carpet yeah exactly and they're just like are you happy now i'm like no i'm yeah. not happy i'm not happy <laughs> i messed up from the beginning <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> you're taller than me <laughs> but here's the thing that like it, you know, de-escalation and all is great, and I'd probably never actually get in a fight, but doesn't it just feel good knowing that you could probably handle yourself if you really needed to? Like, isn't that a good feeling for your confidence whenever you're just walking around and living your life? It is a confidence boost. Question, man. I, there's so many people with so much and so many armed people. That's a scary one. That I... Is, if, is, yeah. yeah, so like just 
in general, like combat profiling, profiling in general, which I know is like a bad word, but I mean this from like risk profiling. When people are like, if you're in a group and someone is still willing to aggress, like they're probably armed because it's rare to have that type of confidence. So it's like, if you're with your family and someone's coming after you, that's a different story, but it's just, you just have to be really cautious about people who are armed, knives or otherwise, like sidearms, stuff like that, just because if someone is willing to aggress in the modern era, it it either means that they're like a fucking idiot because it's, you know, fighting as an adult. Like if you're a grown man and they're a grown man and you're not 20 anymore, they've got nothing to lose or they're armed or both. And that's just such a risk. So for the most part, my my life is spent profiling people, which puts me at high alert all the time. It's just like, what is my lowest risk opportunity in this situation? And just reading people's body language, just being present. And I think that gives me confidence moving through my day-to-day is that I, in general, will have my head on a swivel and be more present in a moment than most people. Because I think you can have all the training in the world, but if you're walking around with your head looking at your feet or you're on your phone, you're not paying attention, someone will fucking get the drop on you. Like as if someone's motivated, and wants to hurt you, they're going to hurt you. So if you're able to avoid high-risk situations or even just mitigate risk, I think that's that's what gives you confidence to the world is that you're, you're present in the situation. Um, I guess you, beyond that point, like, yeah, it's training to be able to handle basic situations. But if someone tries to stab me, I'm going to get fucking stabbed. Like, I don't know how to fucking handle knife stuff or, like, whatever. Yeah, take off your shirt. Wrap <laughs> around your hand. <laughs> sure. Old school Filipino fights. There you go. Yeah, that's fucking dope. I never... Yeah, sure. If I can take my whole shirt off, knowing someone's gonna stab me, I think that sounds like something. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it's 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 like a really old school fighting technique. Uh, but like, it, it, it's one what of those do things you where do you, you wrap well, you, you you wrap your hand in it and you catch the knife with that hand. It is the idea is you're trying to grab the knife and uh, disarm them. But yeah. it, it's like I, I've never seen anybody successfully do it. But it, it's definitely like a a thing that people yeah. talk about. Like it. Yeah, I again. If somebody's pulling a knife or something, that it's definitely de-escalation. Get or out! Fucking, yeah. I'm getting the fuck away, kind of thing. Yeah. But also, there's a the the scary one to me is retaliation. Like, yep. you, you know that there's there's really weak egos out there that like even if you look at them wrong or you know you you give them side eye, even though you're just like looking around at a bar, you know they'll they'll just like come up and false crack you or, you know, yeah. pull something on you and be like, you got fucking, he's like, what the, I'm just, I just showed up. What is happening right now? Yeah. And so you you find yourself in weird situations. Yeah. I, I uh, don't like go out to bars very often yeah, anymore. Neither. Cause most of them are, it's like people, uh, there was a comedian one time who said like when people, younger people for sure going out to bars are looking for skin on skin contact. And if they can't get slow skin on skin contact with a woman, they're going to look for fast. Um, so it's like That's people just, they're just looking to, they're yeah. just like, <laughs> you know, you know, that type of vibe though. There's just like a level of, um, oh, testosterone. You want to fucking call it. Yeah. It, I, it's uh, machismo. Machismo. That's a perfect. Yeah. It, it, it's all ego, right? It's, it's yeah. like the whole, I have to be the biggest, baddest person in the room at all times. It's just yeah. like, why? I mean, go ahead. You, Yes, you go. Yeah, go please do, do it. You are the biggest person in the room. I mean, Mike, like if this you've, you've you've brought this up like a million times. Just go, just go do something like train yeah. jujitsu of some kind. Judo, like judo is fine too. You can fucking toss, hip toss somebody and run away. My uh, favorite dev, uh, description of judo is you get to hit people with the earth. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like as a smaller guy, judo is like what's her name. Um, MMA, first female MMA fight, Ronda Rousey. So oh, she yeah, was a she oh, was yeah. a gold medal judica. There, she they put her in Japan one time, and they had like fifty guys attack her, and she fucking tossed every single one of them. And they weren't they were also <laughs> she's judicas. a monster. She's a monster, and she, she's a monster, but she was yeah. small, and she's throwing guys that are two hundred and fifty pounds. And judo is one that uses people's leverages against them, and that's always when you're not like I have to stand toe to toe and box them because yeah. that the weight difference in boxing is immense. That's why there's like fifty five weight classes. Um, but judo is like, you know, fuck it. If someone's really big, you can toss there and get away. That sounds like yeah, fun. And, and then jujitsu is more like anybody. tangling somebody and like yeah. incapacitating them versus yeah. like I, I don't know openings if I, I, and running away. I've seen a couple of fights with people who are trained in jujitsu. One of them went really well. One of them went really bad. So this guy like got somebody to the ground and it, he was 
like put him in he like put him in a rear naked choke and then his friend came over and kicked him in the head and it was like yeah that's fucked yeah you know what i mean so he's like he just started kicking him in the fucking head and i'm like this is this is the risk of of jujitsu it's all on the ground and it's like unless you just are in an alley one-on-one it's a kinetic environment to be in a fight and you never know what's going to happen and, so and then say, what, what are you supposed to do while you have that guy's head, you know, in, in the choke? Are you going to like you let go break his and, neck so that you can let go of him and not right. worry about him while dealing with the other person? Or are you going right. to, yeah. You, and you can't like, like squeeze fun. harder and make him fall asleep faster or something. Right. Like it just happens as it happens. So right. like, I would say Mike, go train fucking like Krav Maga. If you're really worried about it, Krav Maga, you'll kick somebody in the nuts. You'll throat chop them. <laughs> Dude, throat <laughs> chops, throat chops work. Effective. Those weaponry. actually work. <laughs> Just change, like, give it, like, one day a week, Krav Maga, yeah, see, just to see how it feels. Here's see, the I'm thing not worried about, about it. Can, yeah, go ahead. It is the repetition, uh, the repetitions, right? Like, right mm-hmm. now, you, you don't even know what it's like to be in a fight. But if you were, like, in a controlled yeah. environment and, and just practicing, even, like, slowly with somebody coming at you and you having to figure out what yeah. to do when they're attacking you, like, just putting yourself in that position, controlled environment. Mm. Will, will give you more, uh, at least a little more confidence that like, oh, if something happened, I know I at least have options instead of like, eh, yeah. run. Yeah. yeah, yeah, see, I'm not scared. Like, I know that this would never happen, especially, you know, where I live. There's like zero risk of this ever happening. I don't yeah, you go just get shot. Night, you know, yeah, you get but, shot. America. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're but in the, South Carolina. You definitely get shot. I definitely get shot, about? yeah. But I just think it would feel good. You know, I just think it would be a nice confidence boost in the I same way it. that like knowing I can run a long way is a nice confidence boost. If I would be, I think it'd be a big win from my perspective that I want you to be stronger. Just want to, you know, I want everybody to be, um, mm-hmm. swap running for Krav Maga. <laughs> <laughs> Don't like, do both. Swapped, man. Well, I swapped running for boxing. That's a fucking win, man. That's a huge yeah. win. It, it's a huge, well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm big. I'm, I'm 300 plus pounds still. I, I still Damn, minute, but kill, like kill somebody in the face. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> but I would have to hit them in the face first. Right. But yeah, no, yeah. Uh, just just moving my body around and stuff in, in the way that you know boxing requires and just yeah. training is is giving me more confidence just in balance the space i take up and maneuvering and all that stuff that i mean so, ex- explain your beef with running though for for our audience for science <laughs> yeah uh i just don't think running if you love running then run for sure i'm not trying to take any but if you're running as like a general fitness pursuit, I just think it's too general. I don't think it's specific enough. And I think running is like not good for you by the numbers. It's really bad on your joints unless you're running like on wooded paths and soft dirt. But we most of us run on fucking cambered concrete. And it's like you're going to put – so a given run, we run 10, 10 15,000 steps, maybe more if you run a couple miles, so 15,000 steps. That's 15,000 high percussive repercuss- like re- repetitions on your knees, ankles, stuff like that. It's just a, like – to what end? Um, How do you feel about rucking? I think that's a great one. I just think lower impact, anything lower impact, because like we only yeah. get one body, and you can run for sure, but I don't know tons of old distance runners. I know some, but they're the outliers. They're what I call the barbecue dogs, like like the Cam Haynes. Yeah, yeah. It, I I feel like I do know Cam, and I've seen like some old ladies who run a million miles, but they're the ones who've made it. Again, the barbecue dog philosophy is like when you go to when you go to a barbecue and you see the dog that loves everybody, you think like all dogs should be that way. That's not most dogs. It's just that's the one that you see because it's out, right? So yeah. when you see these old runners, it's like they're just the ones you fucking survived. The rest <laughs> of people are littered with ankle and knee problems, you know, <laughs> sitting on their couches. But, but that's kind of with everything though too, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. I just think running has a high risk to reward ratio. When you can get tons – I think walking is just like – good for you i think walking's garbage what about what about uh weightlifting is that less risky i think the risk profile for weightlifting is very low for sure well not are you talking about weightlifting as a specific meaning like olympic weightlifting do you mean just in general like resistance training resistance training yeah meaning like you know as you get into older age yeah like do you- it's resistance training is correlated with reduced all-cause mortality rates for sure and isn't uh, it well, i mean so is th- running doesn't though. it help with bone density as you That's, age as well yes so jace just said a good yeah. point running is not correlated with reduction in all-cause mortality running reducing bmi is is has good all-cause mortality reduction but the studies that they like the literature and i get super nerdy about this stuff shows that one of the best allegories you can make for strength is, is grip strength they'll do grip strength and high grip strength typically is correlated with somebody who does resistance training high grip strength is is one of the best predictors of long life 
and mobility and success in long life, not like shitty health in your 90s where you're in a home, but like I can actually get up off the toilet. So I think resistance training, um, you're training two basic movement patterns. So two, the two human movement patterns are the squat and the hinge. Those are, we've been doing them for thousands of years. You squat down, you know, you see in third world countries, people live in the squat. People are doing stuff in the bottom of the squat. And the hinge is the other pattern. So that's just the hinge of the hip. If you train those things and get strong in those two things, you're strong in your everyday life. And I think that strength is a good predictor of not just a long life, but a long life that is useful. So I think resistance training is the way to go. And that bone density is a huge one because running, especially as you get older, starts to strip density out of your bones, where resistance training keeps density in your and it's also like lean muscle mass is a good glucose sink, so it prevents type two diabetes. You know, I think there's there's just a lot of benefit to having more, you know, more musculoskeletal mass and um, just more strength in general in those two basic movement patterns. I'm I'm really tempted to to call you out for being full of crap, but the last time I did that, I googled it, and then you were totally right about it. So I'm not gonna. I'm happy to be fucking wrong. I'm so happy to be wrong. I, I'm not like an ego person with that. If you if you give me data that shows I'm wrong, I'm happy to be wrong. I I just think that's what I've read. That's how I feel. And I'm not a fucking you know Scientologist or whatever or scientist. So I don't know for sure. Not but Scientologist. I, I'm not a sci- I'm not a bodyologist. Uh, I just read what I read, and uh, I think some strong old people out there, and I, they can get up off the couch. There's some fast old people I'll, too, though, man. That's true. I, I think me and Critter talked about this too. Was uh, I, I I was shifting. It was when I stopped running more recently, and I was like trying to shift my focus on more like kind of what you're talking about. As you get older, mm. you know, it it comes out to very few things that actually matter that you could like focus on and get better at is uh, and grip strength was one of them. Then there was balance, which, mm. which I'm fucking horrible at. And I still work on, but also the VO two max stuff. Yeah, that's true. And just like your respiratory and, and your breathing and stuff. So, I mean, like I, I, I figure if I just focus on those three things, be all right. I gotta, I gotta you get back compare, into some sort of workout routine. You want to compare VO two maxes? Who me? Mine's fucking know terrible. Mine you know, uh. mine's terrible. This is the one thing he can win at, though. Look at him. He's like, (laughs) you want to compare VO2 maxes? Well, well, because running helps. (laughs) Pull out the measuring tape, boys. It's going down. Cardiovascular stuff. But boxing is going to be like super fucking awesome for balance. uh, Yeah. General coordination, VO2 max, all that stuff. Well, it's how I highlighted all these weaknesses. I mean, like I I knew that my respiratory system was great because fucking I'm overweight and have been for decades now at this point. But like it's... It's interesting to see it in context, right? Yeah. And, and it's also why I wanted to do some sort of like uh, martial art or or something where I can like see advancement, but also see just like normal physical advancements as well as you know technique, my stances or moves and stuff like that. So it's it's interesting. We'll see. I mean, yeah. I just got back from vacation, getting over COVID and all that. So getting back on the horse will be fun. Yeah. I was waiting on whether to... I was coaching him on some deadlifts and stuff like that. Not that I'm some expert, but we so were talking I heard, about it. I heard deadlifts. I heard. Um, so <laughs> some some power lifters have said that deadlifts are, are similar to running where it's like high risk, low reward yep. with your back. Um, and sure. they're like power cleans were a good option for that instead. Like 100% you... agree. Yeah, 100% oh, okay. agree. Yeah, so I, I think deadlifts are a great exercise. They get... Uh, they're a great exercise asterisk. Like I, I work on my deadlifts. I push my deadlift because it's part of the three competitive lifts. So like I compete mm-hmm. as a power lifter. So I have to work on competition, deadlift, competition, squat, competition, bench press. The deadlift just with some PRs really quick. My best. Squat, well, I don't really care. I mean, my best squat in competition is 415. Uh, yeah. my best deadlift is 525. My best bench is 320. At uh, roughly what body weight? 320. 320 at 168 pounds. Jesus, killing it, man! I'm up to Double 182 right now, so I'm like, uh, I'm moving on up. Uh, I'm going to compete in December, probably at 174, and just see how that does. I think body weight's helping me. It's moving. Things are moving. Um, what uh, body fat percentage are you at when you com- compete? Um, or do you even really? Care? I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I right now I'm at 25 ish. It's like the, the systems to measure that are kind of fucked, but. Um, I'm at 25 based on the DEXA, which is the best, like the best standard. So I'm 182, which means like I put on some, um, like some quality weight and some less quality weight over the last three months. It's been nice to not be like weight restricted though. So, I, uh, you know, it's, it's been helpful for the training. Um, but back to the deadlift, the, 
if you're doing it like if you're loading it intelligently and you're not pushing it super hard, I think the risk is sort of low. But that's almost never what happens. It's like one day you'll be tired and you you know your fatigue's like you had a bad day at work and your mind is just not in it. And then you go in and you you're working off a percentage-based system. So you have like a target number that you're trying to hit. In reality, you probably shouldn't be aiming for that number on that day. And then your mind's not in it. So you're not as tight as you should be. Things aren't, and then you end up tweaking something or like, Mm -hmm. you know, you just like, you hurt your hip or, cause there's just so much, it's the full chain, right? It's like feet to head. It's the whole chain. So that, that potential of like letting a bar fall out in front of you or, you know, or losing back position or something like that. Next thing you know, it's like, you don't feel good. And then the rest of your training, you're like, well, I'm now my back hurts. So I don't want to do this. And that like, there is a lot of knock on risk there. I think like a trap bar deadlift is a really wonderful because uh, it's a much higher position. So it's less back, more hip, uh, mm-hmm. like more mimics that human squat position. Um, power cleans are fucking awesome for explosivity. I think there's a lot of risk in power cleans too, to be honest, because it's still coming off the floor. The mitigating factor there is that the weight is by definition going to be a lot lower than, right. you know, than your deadlift. If you're whatever your deadlift is, it's typically going to be like, a, you know, a multiple of your body weight of some, you know, variation, like maybe two X, maybe who knows, but it's just going to be a lot of weight, like raw number. It's going to be heavy and the risk is there. So if you don't have to deadlift, it doesn't make you happy to deadlift. And don't, I don't think it's like a super big win to do so. Um, I, I think like it's good for your strength overall, but there's a lot of downside. I miss what, about me what if I hate squatting? What if you hate squatting? You're just a fucking loser. <laughs> Shut up. I'm talking to Evan. Sack up, buddy. <laughs> I think the squat is an important lift. Um, yeah. Damn, yeah. AKA sack up. Why do you hate it? Let's get into that. Why do you hate it? It doesn't feel good. Because he has know weak why. chicken legs. I mean, so let me think. He has me runner's think. legs. Let me take this seriously. Uh, yeah. yeah seriously. I mean, give me, give me like thirty seconds of series, and we'll fuck around. Like, what is yeah. the, what is the squat? <laughs> is it just you don't feel proficient in it, so you don't want to do it? That is definitely a part of it. Like, I after after your uh, your advice on deadlift, like I, f- I feel like I'm doing deadlift in something that resembles like how you should do deadlift. You know, okay. I feel like I'm doing it close to right, at least close enough that I'm probably not going to hurt myself, and you know, like things feel pretty sturdy. Yeah. I don't feel like that yet with squat. I feel wobbly and i don't really know if i'm going down far enough and like every rep isn't the same as the rep before it and it just feels loosey-goosey yeah um and it also just freaking hurts man like coming back up from a squat especially when you're when i'm close to failure it just it's really it does not feel good and i dread that what do you it's mean hard to start just, a rep that always feels huh? the best to me yeah why you, does it hurt you like punishment though why does it hurt I, why does I, it I like what do you mean why does it adversity? hurt yeah is it like, like so hurt is a hurt is like there's some fucking gray there is it like yeah. oh this is it's, painful or this kind of is hard? it's not is it hard not, or is it painful yeah it's hard it's not painful oh, it's then, like okay yeah, yeah. But, they just but it's hard it's hard mm, in a different way than deadlift is hard. Like, <laughs> like if i'm if i'm struggling to not fail a rep Push your knees on out. squat then that yeah, is more uncomfortable than if i'm struggling to finish a rep on deadlift and i don't know why but i just i hate it more no, you know? keep your scapula cinched he's saying all the don't. right things i mean you sound like a starting strength guy probably like uh did you jace did you ever do starting strength strong lifts strong lifts uh, five I, by five yeah I, that that's the thing i most recently did until i tweaked my back but uh yeah but that's uh, like a, a bunch squat. of cues from them right is like right, knees yeah. out scaps inch lats down that type of stuff. well the knees out was a big thing i i had a trainer for like a year and a half she was very like stickler about form and stuff, and and that was one of the things is my knees would just come in, especially when I was starting to hit PRs. Yeah, and like you know, my torso would give in, and and then my knees would give in, and then I'm yeah. just fucked because now I'm like yeah. holding in on myself with <laughs> two twenty five on my back. Yeah, that's like, the fucking uh, worst, man. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Did the trainer help you though? Do you feel like that was like a positive experience? Uh, I mean, so it, it was for for learning movements and stuff like yeah. that there was like some other stuff with it that you know ended up fucking up but i mean i got down to my like my lowest weight and probably heaviest lifting around that nice. time so i mean it, it was definitely beneficial for sure and she did help with like the form and the, you know now now every time i get under a squat ra- uh, squat bar i'm like all right you know just gotta cinch it in make sure all this is all together and fucking yeah. holding it all you know get the air what is it called? Like the air fucking tube in your yeah, abdomen. Yeah, diaphragm. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Get all that shit synced up. Yeah. Jace, you remind me of, of Gabe from The Office when he says there's two tenets of Pilates that he lives his life by. 
Number one, lengthen. Number two, elongate. That's you right now. <laughs> Mash is so uh, 1990s, bro, and he's like, I'm all about elongated. <laughs> is that one funny? Like, what's yeah. his name? Dwight eats the protein powder, and he's like, yes. the babies, and he's hitting it. <laughs> See how daddy takes care of you. <laughs> See how daddy yeah. takes care of you. And then they have the freaking ways that the, the leg curl off yeah, they thing, do the leg they have, like, and the then pillow, them... and yeah, they take a picture. <laughs> and none of them can walk afterwards. Yeah. yeah. The outtakes for that scene are great too, because Gabe's like, Gabe's like, I'm taking a karate class online, and then they all just clap right now. <laughs> oh my god, I want to sell online karate classes. That's something to get business. Uh, all right, I actually do money. need to take off. I need to take off now because my my um, blushing bride and I are going to go on a anniversary outing. We're oh. just staying overnight. But how are you going to protect her with those spaghetti arms? Well, I'm going to bring a gun. It's no big Look deal. Look at that. There you go. Yeah, you ain't got guns on your arms. That's for sure. He's I got just my full assault rifle. In his I got my multi-purpose tool on oh me my at God, all times. You're about to pull a gun on the <laughs> of all things, Critter does. He just I know. Pulls I legitimately got worried. Just I was like, hey, oh, how's it going, guys? Shit, what's up? Look at my clock. <laughs> it's you live in South Carolina. You probably have like a gun in your chair. Yeah, I can. I can go outside. I'll see a gun in the grass. There's, you know, there's always one lying around. It just hits the corner of his desk and it pops up. <laughs> and just catches it. I'm ready. Desk pop. <laughs> Was that fucking other guys? Yeah. Will Ferrell and... You ever done yeah. a dust pop? <laughs> they give him the wooden gun. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Evan, you're awesome. This was awesome. Thanks for coming, man. Fun. Appreciate it. Enjoy. Nice meeting you. Nice meeting you as well, Jace. Guys, I don't know how to shut this thing off, so I'm just going to have to close the window. Yeah, well, yeah. don't close it yet. I'll hit the stop button. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.